0: Welcome to Hacking Your ADHD, part of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. I'm your host, William Kerb, and I have ADHD. On this podcast, I dig into the tools, tactics, and best practices to help you work with your ADHD brain. This week, we're going to be exploring the power of habit and how small changes to our routines can have a big impact. One of the easiest ways we can help our ADHD is by working on routines and habits, It's easy to let our default habits run our lives, but when we consciously choose what habits we actually want to cultivate, we aren't hamstringing ourselves. In this episode, we'll be learning why we don't need to use discipline nearly as much as we think, the importance of sequencing in our habits, and how we can make tweaks in those sequences so that we can change our habits to the ones we actually want. If you'd like to follow along on the show notes page, you can find that at hackingyouradhd.com com Before we get started, I also wanted to make sure you knew about the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network's newest podcast, The ADHD Friendly Lifestyle with Moira Mabin. Join Moira as she shares stories, knowledge, humor, and tries to make sense of all that published research about ADHD. Her podcast focuses on what it means to receive a late diagnosis and the unique experiences that women have with their ADHD. You can find out more at ADHDFriendlyLifestyle.com or by subscribing to our podcast on your podcast player. Just search for the ADHD Friendly Lifestyle or check out the links in my show notes. All right, keep on listening to find out how you can get the most out of your habits. About 40% of our day is dictated by habits with some studies showing that to be an even greater percentage. We tend to think of ourselves as rational, thinking creatures who always pick the best option. Well, some of us might. But more often than not, we're not thinking that far ahead, and we're simply picking what we've done before, if we're even picking at all. Our habits are a collection of actions that we've done so often that they've become automatic. When I go to put on my shoes, it's usually the right shoe that goes on first. When I brush my teeth, I tend to start with the upper left side of my mouth. I didn't consciously choose these habits, and I'm sure they're influenced by the fact that I'm right-handed. Of course, that's entirely the point here. I formed those habits because it was the path of least resistance. Most of our default actions were simply formed because we were following the path of least resistance. The way you go to school or work is probably the simplest way to get there. The foods you prepare for breakfast are what you have in your pantry, and you have those in your pantry because when you go to the grocery store, they were the foods that you'd usually buy anyways. It didn't take a lot of thought, so that's what you did. For years, I thought the key to my success would simply be having more discipline in my life. I thought that if I could simply get my act together and just knuckle down and do what I needed to do, I'd be able to do anything I wanted. When we think of a person living with discipline, We imagine them waking up and jumping out of bed and driving to the gym at 5.30. When we see them open the fridge and look between a bag of carrots and a slice of cake, we can see them make a small nod to themselves, knowing that they're going to make a healthy choice. But in reality, there is no cake. When they open their fridge, they've already made that choice. There's only carrots there. The trick to discipline is that you make the decision to what you want to do well in advance so that it becomes your only option. The truth is, we don't need more discipline. What we need are habits when we want to start working on forming our habits one of the most important things to keep in mind is the habit loop the habit loop is how a habit is formed and it simply goes a cue an action and then a reward typically when we think of a habit we are thinking solely of the action part this is the behavior of the habit but to understand how to better change our habits we should start by looking at our cues Habit cues are simply what sets off the event that starts you down the path of your habit. If you like eating popcorn at the movies, it might be as simple as getting into the concession line as soon as you get into the theater. The cue is entering the theater, the habit is buying popcorn, and then your reward is the popcorn. And then one of the most important aspects of forming a habit is the sequencing, which means the order in which we do things matters. A lot. For a cue to work, it has to hit you at the right time. For example. Let's say we're coming home, and we normally have a routine of taking off our shoes and putting away our coat. Then we put our bag in its spot, and then we sit down on the couch and watch a little TV. But let's say I get a call from my wife as I'm coming in the door. She's at the grocery store and wants to know if we've got potatoes. I go to check that, and then let her know that in fact we do have potatoes. But now my sequence is off, and I just go and sit at the counter. And since my phone is in my hand, I start checking Facebook or something. When my wife gets home, I might still be at the counter my backpack in the hallway, my shoes still on, and my jacket sprawled out somewhere. The interruption in my routine killed the sequencing of all those habits and kept me from getting to the cues to do all those little things. I imagine this is one of the reasons transitions are so hard for those of us with ADHD. It's really easy to throw off our sequence of cues when we're in transition, and then we get lost in what we need to do next. Let's get back to our example of eating popcorn at the movie theater, and one of my new favorite studies. The study, performed by Wendy Wood, a psychology professor at the University of Southern California, looked at popcorn habits of movie patrons. In the study, participants were asked to watch movie trailers, and as payment, they were given boxes of popcorn. But unbeknownst to the participants, some of the boxes of popcorn were fresh, and some were quite stale. We might ask ourselves, who would eat stale popcorn? Well, if you were a regular eater of popcorn at the movies, you'd have probably eaten about 70% of those boxes, regardless of how fresh they were. When they had these boxes in front of them, the participants fell back on their habits. It didn't really matter how the popcorn tasted. I'm sure a lot of us can relate with eating something just because it was in front of us, even if it didn't taste that great. But here's a great thing with the study, is that it went a little bit further and looked at how the popcorn habits could be interrupted. For the second part of the study, participants were asked to eat with their off-hand, the right-handed people eating with their left, and lefties eating with their right. By making this small change, the participants were forced to think about their actions. Once you start thinking about your actions, the habit can become interrupted. So, instead of continuing to eat the stale popcorn in front of them, the participants were able to forego the habit because they realized, hey, this doesn't actually taste good. I think this is an incredibly important idea for us to consider. When we're trying to change our habits, we often think about the extreme measures we can take. But the truth is, all we need to do is add a little resistance to what we naturally do, and we can start changing those patterns. Let's try to look at the idea of small changes and sequencing together. Because if we can find the right place in our sequence, then we can figure out how we can change our habits without a lot of effort. Currently, I'm working on creating a smoother transition to work when I get into my office. For a while now, I've had the bad habit of getting to my office, sitting back in my chair, and then scrolling through social media before starting any work. Now, I've got a transition standing desk, so I can have a chair when I need it, and also stand when I want to. So my idea is to have my desk in the standing position when I arrive in the morning. What I'm doing is adding a little resistance to that old habit of sitting back and scrolling through social media. Sure, I can stand and scroll fairly easily, But I don't have that habit right now, so it's easier for me to just open what I need to work on when I get in rather than wasting half an hour of looking at memes. But to have my desk in the right position when I get into the office, I have to work on the habit of setting up my desk correctly before I leave work the day before. This way, I'm setting myself up for success when I get into the office in the morning rather than relying on my discipline to get my desk into the right position when I get in. This means I need to have a cue at the end of the day to help me make sure that I follow through with my intentions. Fortunately, I've already started working with my accountability group Hey, hey, you guys are the best to clear my desk at the end of the day so that when I come into work, my space is ready for me. This comes from the idea of clear to neutral. The idea being that you want to have a default position you leave your workspace in or any space really. It could be your kitchen, your garage, or your rumpus room and that you clean to that default position at the end of the day. The reason being that when you sit down at your workspace, you want to be ready for work. You don't want your first task of the day being clearing off all the papers from the day before. Since I'm already working on clearing my desk, I can just tag this habit onto that routine. Next up is where things get a little tricky. Because while I'd like to believe that the next easiest thing would be popping open Evernote and start typing away on whatever the day's topic was... I know that I'm really good at finding alternatives to things. I'm sure I could find some sneaky way not to do my work. For a habit to work, it has to be easy. I gave the example of putting my right shoe on first as an unconscious habit earlier. But guess what? If my left shoe is in my hand, I'm going to put that one on first. It's just easier. Resistance allows us to change habits by making things harder. And let me emphasize here the word change, because research has shown that we never truly get rid of bad habits. Ask a smoker who hasn't smoked in years, and they will tell you they still have things that trigger a craving for a cigarette. What we want to do instead is make those same cues trigger different habits. For me, what I want to do is make it harder for me to surf memes when I get into the office. It's funny, but that's a hard habit to change because you get a lot of dopamine hits from social media. By changing the starting position of my desk, I've already started changing the sequencing of what I do when I get into the office, which is a good first step but I don't want to fall into the same patterns while I'm standing. So let's look at some other ways I can work on solving my social media habits. Since I don't want to rely on discipline to get me there, what I'm going to want to do is to work on setting up some automated systems that take away those choices from me. The easiest thing I can do first is make sure that when I boot up my computer, I have the right programs already open for me. For me, that's Evernote, because even if I'm not writing, I'm at least referencing what I've already written and then Spotify because I like to listen to music while I work. Recently, I've just been listening to an hour-long track of Zelda music with rain over the top. But that's just the start. One of the apps I invested in this year is a program called Freedom. What it does is kind of exactly the opposite of its name. It basically locks down my computer. I can use it to block certain websites and certain apps from opening on my computer. My problem so far is that I keep forgetting to use it. The classic ADHD problem of getting a new tool and never finding out if it works because you just don't use it. Very frustrating. However, all is not lost. There are some workarounds to this. We can bring automation in again here. What I can do is schedule reoccurring sessions on Freedom to block distracting websites when I get into the office. So now, when I come into the office in the morning, I won't even be able to open Reddit or Facebook or Twitter. What I love most about this solution is that it doesn't take any brain power from myself. If I try and open Reddit, all I'm going to get is a page that says, Reddit.com cannot be found. It's important to remember that I'm not going to have a perfect day every day, but setting up these systems is going to help me remove temptation that might pull me away from what I really want to be doing. It's just like removing tempting food from your pantry before you start a diet. You can't be tempted if it isn't an option. You don't need overwhelming discipline to change your habits. You just want to set up systems that make it easier to do the things you want and hard to do the things you don't. Thanks for sticking with me all the way to the end. I hope you got a lot out of today's episode. And if you did, I'd really appreciate it if you'd leave a rating and review on your podcast player. But before you go, Let's do a quick rundown of today's top tips. 1. Don't rely on discipline. Instead, use your habits to help you navigate the hard stuff. 2. Our habits are so ingrained that we don't always realize what we're doing while we're doing them. 3. Our habits follow the path of least resistance. If you want to change a bad habit, add resistance. If you want to form a new habit, reduce the resistance to that habit. And 4. You can automate some processes in your habit sequence so that you aren't relying on discipline. That's it. Thanks for listening. I'd love to hear what you thought of this episode. You can reach me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at hacking your ADHD, Or the best way you can connect with me is over at HackingYourADHD.com slash contact. You might also be interested in the other podcasts on the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. For in-depth interviews with fellow ADHDers and ADHD experts, check out ADHD Rewired with Eric Tivers. If you're a parent with ADHD or have a child with ADHD, definitely check out Brendan Mahan's show, ADHD Essentials. And now be sure to check out the network's newest show, ADHD Diversified with MJ Siemens. I also do a live Q&A with the hosts of the ADHD Rewired podcast network every second Tuesday of the month at 10.30 a.m. Pacific. If you'd like to register for the next one, just go to com slash events. And now for your moment of dad. I burnt my Hawaiian pizza today. Well, I guess I should have just been cooking it on aloha temperature.